Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Thank you for listening to Bluebells Forever podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Lewis. Upcoming, we have a wonderful interview that I was able to do while I was in Paris at the Lido with the ballet mistress Jane Sansby and ballet master Jeremy Boucher, which I hope you enjoy. It was so fun to sit down with them in person. So that is coming up. Just to let you know that it is almost the two-year anniversary of Bluebells Forever podcast coming out on May 14th. My first guest was Lindsay Raven. And it has been such a joy to do this for two years coming up. So to celebrate, I am going to do, anyone who is a Bluebell current past would like to join me for an online Zoom Bluebell get-together. We are going to do that May 14th, 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I'm in Seattle, so everyone will have to do their math according to that. And also there's one at 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for hopefully our Australian dancers who would like to join us because that schedule is a little bit hard to accommodate everybody without someone getting up in the middle of the night. So if you are interested in that, please let me know, private message me, or find me on Bluebells Forever Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, and I will get your information and send you that link to join us May 14th for a little get-together celebration, mini reunion, whatever you want to call it. Also, because I'm celebrating two years, I'm releasing some special bonus content of things who are on the Patreon page so that people who are not patrons can hear some of these interviews and see some of the videos that were just for the patrons just to see what it's about. And if you're interested, a patron is just someone who supports the work of podcasts and this one specific, Bluebells Forever podcast. It just helps offset the production cost. I pay my daughter very, very little for all the work that she does. And it's a way that I can actually like... Um, thank her for the time that she puts in because I really did not know how to do the technical aspect. So she has helped me out and been so gracious with that. So if you're interested, it's really easy. It's a subscription that you pledge $5 a month, $10 a month, 20, 25, and 50. And there's different tiers of just bonus that you get. There's circle back videos. There's quite a few on there. There is Bluebell adjacent, which I'm going to release one of those on the regular podcast feed and that is with one of my dancers Casey Money who was in the movie La La Land done so much film um, and video or tv that he was uh, privileged to do as a dancer so he's sharing his story of what it was like to work on La La Land with Mandy Moore there's also video uh, happy hour with Sherry and Anne and then also tea time with Bluebells so those are just little perks I do that just as a gift for those who support the work as a thank you for supporting. So if you're interested, you can check that out. Patreon.com slash Bluebells Forever Pod. Super easy to do. You can do it like a month and just or two, whatever you want to do, and just cancel whenever you would like. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, you can rate and review on Spotify and iTunes. That just gets more people to know who we are. You can write a review or you can share it with your friends. You should subscribe that it comes into your inbox every Thursday when the new one comes out. So that's just a way you don't miss any episodes. So again, thank you for listening to Bluebells Forever podcast. It's been a sheer joy to do this for two years. And now, Jeremy and Jane at the Lido. 
So today on Bluebills Forever, this is super fun because it's in person and it's in Paris and it's actually in the Lido. So it's like a, a three hit all, all in one place. So I don't have to do it over Zoom. I get to see you personally. <clears throat> so I've interviewed Jeremy twice yeah. and I've interviewed Jane once. And that was after I'd come back from the reunion, I wanted to connect with you because that reunion was so special, especially that dance class. I'm like, I have to find out your story. So we are upstairs and we're going to do a quick little half hour interview. And you know what I'm going to ask you? Your first question is what you ask Hannah and every dancer at their audition. Tell me about yourself. You question me. You heard that question just the other day in the audition. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Well, that's a hard question when you're not, when you're ready to give your like historical dance career. When someone says, "Tell me about yourself," like not just my dance stats, how tall I am, how much I weigh. I won't make you do that. We we can have people go back to your interview. But I don't know if it's okay to say this because I. Ballet mistress, I was confused. I thought you were just in charge of what the dance was. I didn't realize when we until we did the backstage that that, that office was Miss Bluebells, it was Pierre Rambert's, and now it's Jane. So we don't want to say you are a new Bluebell, but you are in that same management role. And I think I just want to do this bow down to you because thank you. Knowing more about Pierre from interviewing and hearing about him and all that we know from Miss Bluebell, that you're, you've stepped into something really important and that holds a lot of. Um, history and heart the people that listen to this that have that know the different generations of bluebell so you're representing this one but i love that you are also connected back so you you were a dancer in these shows yeah so i i came um i started as a bluebell girl in 1993 um and i joined the show when i was in bravissimo and after one year i became what 18 months I was very fortunate um, to my captains at the time were both leaving for respective reasons and I was nominated as the, the first bluebell captain so it was wonderful it was wonderful to be able to join as a dancer and immediately start to swing which most of our dancers wish to do um, and I was first captain and I went into my second show here with Pierre Rambert as maître de ballet um, uh, into Saint Magique. So I did the montage of Saint Magique with Pierre as captain, and I stayed in my captain position for 15 years, which was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful to work uh, throughout the Bravissimo show, Saint Magique show, and also to do the montage with Pierre, a second montage with Pierre Rambert, which was his, his show as director artistic, Bonheur. It was all him. It was his creative direction. Bonner was, was Pierre Rambert, and that's when Pierre turned, uh, changed over to be director artistic. There's the difference. Yeah. So, and I continued all upon, not all upon her. In 2008, I became the assistant maîtresse de ballet, which is position <laughs> of Jeremy Boucher now. Um, in 2008, and then, then in 2015, I took the position of uh, maîtresse de ballet, ballet mistress for the show with, uh, of Paris Merveille, Leader de Paris, uh, and the director artistic was Franco Dragon. So that's the kind of management career steps that I took. Wonderful having that time to have been captain for all those years. Um, as I've said to you before in my interviews, the, the passion I had for the stage was one thing, but also the passion I have to be a teacher is another, uh, another side of myself, which I loved as a, being part of that 
as the bluebell captain, always having a changeover, a large changeover in those, those days gone by of maybe six or seven artists at a time. Um, there was a lot more of a changeover. Um, so you were constantly rehearsing, constantly um, training people, watching them develop, where the directors, uh, Pierre would find the new young talent and he knew where they were going to go. Certain were going to become principal girls, but they started as bluebells. So to see where they arrived in the company, how we formed, we trained them and they grew and developed to go to where they were within the company was something always uh, very inspiring for me to stand back and see what has happened over the, the period of time that these young ladies and young men were within the company. So um, at the same time, when I was doing my captain time, I was working also on other projects like many of us do, choreographing outside, inside, uh, different things, uh, working as dance teacher. So all those points and different um, ways of working in the artistic world, you don't realize at the time, but you're gaining strengths the whole time. And then when you look around the clock and it comes back and you go, wow, I'm now in this position. Oh yeah, uh, I'm, I, I've gained the position of Maitre Sibeli. And you, you realize that when you're searching for attractions, when you're searching for dancers, why you're doing it, everything that I gained and I learned from those 16 first years alongside and Pierre Humbert was just amazing, you know, and worked very closely at the time. And uh, yeah, I can only be, have much, I'm so grateful and so honored to have my position here within the Lido. Now, um, moving forward, it's been a very difficult couple of years with the pandemic and everything. And, um, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm very, very honored be Maitre Savalli at the Lido de Paris and I have now working at work with some wonderful people, uh, assistants and captains and now Jeremy is working with me, he joined me on the team last May and um, with Petra who is our administrative um, manager as well and we, we, we strive every day to keep the level of excellence there to make sure that the company are in good a good well-being and that the artistic quality of the show goes out as it should be and correct to the standards of Bluebell, I would say. Mm. And the standards of Pierre yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So I want to ask about you, but I want to ask one more question. We did a tribute to Miss Bluebell um, last January. And I had Pete Menefee, who knew her well, and Christopher Nunez, who's never even done <clears> a show, but he is fascinated by Miss Bluebell's history and he is like you as far as a historian, but he's never done a show. And both Pete and um, Christopher talked about Miss Bluebell being, being like a mother, but she's a very proper mother. And on Pierre, I feel like there was a nurturing. And it's like, what, when we did the interview with you in backstage, when you talked about keeping everybody safe and how important it was coming back, that it, it wasn't just like, this is a business. I feel like there's a heart that these dancers leave their country. They, they leave their families to come here and to think if you were just in a very rigid, we have a high standard, but I feel like, I, seen it and I've heard it that there is something of caring for them as individuals that they are yeah. happy and safe and their well-being is put up there. Absolutely it's extremely important we we have the rigor and the discipline and the excellence to keep as uh, employing the Bluebell girls and the Kelly boys um, 
the times have changed. We're coming from all those years ago, going through each different stage, the 80s, the 90s, or the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000. The world is different now. Um, but we, since I arrived here uh, in the Lido de Paris in 1993, we were always extremely well taken care of. Um, it's extremely important because all these different nationalities, we have 12 nationalities, you know, there's always a moment that it's difficult for people to have left home, they can't get home easily, uh, some people can jump on a train and they're home within an hour, sometimes it takes people a day to get home, and so it's extreme, extremely important for us to always take care of the well-being as well. The pandemic period was extremely difficult. Everybody was dispatched everywhere, like everywhere in the world, closed in their own apartment. We constantly kept in contact with all of our artists. And, but it kept continuing, it kept continuing and continuing. And you know, a lot of our artists were, were I say stuck. Well, they were stuck here in Paris and they couldn't access their families, but they, they all, it was like the Paris group joined together. Everybody did as much as they can to, could to, to make sure that everybody was okay. And also then when we came back uh, last August, mm -hmm. yeah. August 2021, um, you know, the, the important was to make sure that everybody was okay mentally and physically, because, you know, the physical side had been extremely difficult for everybody to keep their training. It's not the same. The, Everything opened up, the gyms opened up, the dance classes opened up, but certain people didn't want to go and be next to 30 dancers in a room or 20 people in the gym sweating away. Um, so everybody took, it was their personal responsibility because we were all dispatched and we weren't allowed in the Lido, the Lido was closed. We couldn't join weekly to rehearse or something or to join together to check our training. So it was extremely important to come back that everybody everybody's well-being, how they felt, and people did start, you, you started to see, you know, certain people have had difficulties, and even I think now, because we've had that period of 18 months, 19 months of insecurity and uncertainty, and then we came back, and then COVID hit again, and then it was, are we closing, have other shows were closing, shows were opening, and um, the direction were extremely careful to make sure that we understood that it was going to be a progressive opening. So we did open three days a week, three days a week, three days a week, which physically was a lot easier. And now we're nine months on and we're actually still three days a week. We went, we went full time at Christmas, which was wonderful. Um, but, you know, only doing three days a week is difficult too, because you're never at the same rhythm. We'll never be at the same rhythm as seven days on seven, doing two shows nightly, where it's a different rig, uh, discipline and um, physical effort to being three days a week, one show where the energy is given and it's all given there. So it's, it's very difficult for the artist to, to gauge where they go with their physical energy, but it's, it's personal for each one. Um, and I, I have to say, we, we've been extremely happy with the company since we came back in August, they have all strived, strived to stay open, strived to keep the, the, themselves safe and secure with the, the COVID restrictions. 
and they've respected the fact that not to go group together and not to, you know, when, when the COVID started to hit everywhere, it was difficult. Yeah. And because you, you can't decide whether you catch COVID or not. Do you? Yeah. So it was a difficult period for them to go through, but we saw, um, once again, the professionalism of our team and every show, every, every evening show since we've opened since last August, there's been a, a, such a high level of energy and performance level because they, they're so happy to be doing their passion yeah. and their passion was taken away from them and they couldn't do their passion throughout the whole time. And uh, I think it made many people realize that, gosh, gosh, I really love my seven on seven, two shows a night job, yeah. even though sometimes it's really tough. Yeah. Um, but um, we definitely noticed that, didn't we, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. there's definitely a constant, <clears throat> const consistent consistency uh, in the level of each performance, you can tell the energy, the smiles on the everyone's faces, yes. and the, the quality of the show is very there every night that we are open. Yeah, and also within that, so we, we go to the show, and I think as well, the show changed. I do want to talk. We're going to come back to oh, that because okay. I have a lot to say about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you you got moved up to this position in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So it wasn't like some predictable path. That I'm just curious of how that happened. Where I mean, when I heard it was Jeremy, I seriously did a happy dance. Everybody was like, it's Jeremy, because I know that you are very well loved and I know that you have a lot of respect for the Lido. Yeah. So what, what, what did you lose somewhere? This was the right fit to do in a pandemic when you didn't even know when you were coming yeah. back. That he, get, he is moving into a position. Yeah. We, had, <laughs> um, we had many changes throughout the pandemic. People deciding to change their ways and their careers, change where they live, go back to their countries and everything. And I had a wonderful assistant, Kate, who worked with me within the company for many years and she decided to change her path and there you go. So um, that was quite early on, but quite a few people made that decision um, at the beginning of the pandemic or throughout the pandemic. And then we were closed for so long and then we did our research and we put out our job posts uh, and everything. We did the interviews, we did everything and then voila, Voila. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy moved into the position and you had been working throughout the pandemic with the with the leader as well on the social yeah. media and yeah things. I was lucky enough well to because I was on stage I was still mm -hmm. dancing before COVID so I think we closed the 13th of March my last show was probably the 12th um, and I really thought I would like that would last for two weeks and come back on stage in <laughs> April 2020 then eventually lockdown everything happened and then 18 months just passed. But in between that, I was lucky enough to be able to replace the community manager who was pregnant at the time. So I replaced her for the social media of the Lido for six months. Then there was a project for the new book. Uh, I'm doing a happy dance. Yeah. I got the book finally. <laughs> one of the privileged Americans. Yeah. So I was very lucky to work with the archives uh, and on the construction of this mm -hmm. new book for a year. And then eventually, uh, the position to assist Jane became available and I applied for the job and I always knew in my heart because I love the Dito so much I've been dancing on that stage for well back in the day before COVID it was eight years nights ten uh, but I always knew I wanted to stay in the Lido and hopefully move on to a management position but I never thought that it would happen this early on my career but when I saw the opportunity, I couldn't let go. I 
that was more important for me and I, uh, I loved it so much. And because I also created talent shows before in the Lido, that was just like a private intern show for only employees. Uh, I already have kind of a taste of what it was. So I was very, very interested. And obviously, yeah, we did the interview with Jane and direction and all. And when I found out, it was like pure joy. I, I was super happy and also it was a big challenge but i was lucky enough to have these few months of transition before we start rehearsal again so i could like go into those new shoes more sure. easily with jane and petra throughout those few months in preparation <coughs> of the rehearsal session in august so yeah and, uh, about three months to yeah, we did yeah. from may until the 15th of august yeah yeah That's, uh, very interesting, very interesting to to do that transition period to bring somebody in in a very different period as well. Mm. But it was super interesting to to do that together with Petra, Jeremy, and Jane. Petra and I had been working, uh, especially in the last six months of the pandemic, to try and find a way because every day we were challenged by management to can we do it this way? Can we do it that way? What can we do? And, and then when Jeremy came in, the plans were there. And it was complex, yeah. but he, wow, I remember him saying, wow. That's <laughs> <Nice> question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. a big puzzle of, yeah. Let's go back to... Lines and re-putting a show on stage, like, that was not an easy task. And it's still not to this day. We're still, like, scratching our heads for the holidays and the places and this whole planning of... Yes, you have that many bodies on stage, but everyone doesn't know every spot. So you have to organize with the captains and also that's a big organization that is. Yeah, because the yeah. team's changed as well. Yeah. The team's changed and we're only working three days a week. So we don't need the rotation of the days off anymore. We don't need the rotation. Yeah, we have our holidays, of course. But the law is everybody has their holidays, but it's a different organization. And every week the organization changes, <laughs> even still, you know, because are we going to do that? Now we have a new direction. They're thinking of their ways to strategically change the company and things. So we're all working, we're always working on a different plan, mm. which is so interesting. <laughs> so interesting. So it's not just we're there watching and rehearsing the show. It's far more complex than that. Yeah. And uh, that's what it's so interesting and keeps the passion there because the passion is the show and the artist. Yeah. For me and the Lido being open. Management needs to figure their stuff somewhere else. <coughs> do, do you guys say the word pivot here a lot? Because I know with the pandemic, everybody says you have to be able to pivot. And like, well, that's what we do. Like, we're pivot, but the pivot, now I'd add a pivot, bevel, swivel, because it's like dancers know how to adapt yeah. and change direction, but it's like, but every day is a different direction. You guys still have to lead. We always have to adapt. The word, the word, I think it's the word that I've used. The most since uh, March 2000 and was it 20? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll adapt because we, <laughs> we all adapt, the whole world adapted. Right, right. And then uh, you have to be able to then uh, show that in your management sense to your team the importance of adapting. But why are we doing that? Because we're adapting to the situation that we're in today, but that situation could change next week and can change in the future. And we have to adapt the show, we have to adapt the running order, and why are we having to do that? Well, we have to do that, but oh, we thought it would work. Plan A doesn't work, so we 
go to plan C, we go back to E, we go oh. back to D. <laughs> but that's our job. Right. And that's no, our job just to seeing find a great the show. They have no idea. We have to find the solutions and that's why we're there. Yeah. We have that capacity to do that. And I want to talk about, it's so fun because like Christopher, Leah, three people said, what did you think of that? And I know it was called Jubilee, but I don't know what it's, I can't say it in French and what the new section that's is. That's our code name for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is? You don't have the like, official name that was Jubilee. Okay. <laughs> it was going to be Jubilee and then the, when but, commercialized out, it was the, the direction decided to, the name for the show would be Inoubliable, which is unforgettable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love that and I was prepared because when I was interviewing people, they said, I can't tell you this thing that's coming. I'm like, what is that? Well, you'll just see. And then I would see them wearing some of the costumes. Like, I can't tell you. I'm like, okay. And then I, when it got where it was okay to say it, I got all excited. And that's actually when I needed to get here to Paris because I didn't know if it was going to be like a month or long going. Well, I know there's all those these bluebells for my generation and all in between that this means so much to them because those costumes have such history. Like, you know, all these people I've interviewed that wore that. So I knew it was coming and I still started crying. It was little, it was just little tears. I wasn't sobbing. But when that, that comes on with all those feathers and like seeing the names of the shows, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even see those shows. I, I'm getting chills. It's, it just, it's so much more powerful than I thought it was going to be, even though I was excited. Uh, but it feels like a wonderful tribute to Miss Bluebell, to all these dancers before, because when things move forward, sometimes, and you, we know, like you get on social media, people yeah. argue like the show should be this way. Yeah. They should wear that. And everybody has their opinion. I love the new show. I love the costumes. I love the modern, but I, it was really fun to see them on the same stage together. I think it made my head go. But that whole section just felt like an amazing honor to see, to be here because, you know, there's so much history in those costumes and in the people that wore them. And I'm just curious of how that came to be. Like, did you have to push for that or, okay, how that happened, Jane? Because I'm, I'm grateful to you. Way, way, way back um, before just the pandemic in January, uh, the, our directress at the time was looking for a nouveauté, something new to flash. And obviously, we had many cards on the table. We were planning to do this, this new um, piece, whichever it was, bringing different kind of animations, different kind of uh, new new small projects within the show to make a different sale aspect and a marketing aspect. And um, we at the time were also needing uh, one attraction and then we also needed maybe another one because one of our artists was pregnant uh, so there you go how would you feel about uh, maybe creating something and so also the big point at time was we were going towards our 75th anniversary of the leader if i'm not mistaken yeah. so idea mm, how long do we have how much time length and what length do we need something to go into oh well no, no, 15 minutes so it was kind of like a tableau as yeah. we would or a prologue or you know so okay so we went away and we thought okay 75 years let's do a small best of so that's how it came about so i worked closely with my assistants at the time and we certain things and because I've worked on projects for tours and everything before and huge projects smaller projects and whatever I kind of knew what I wanted to do but when somebody says okay you have that until then to do it and the time is not six months or three months it's like four weeks so we created I'd say it was about six weeks working time we'd have 
it may be six to eight weeks it was going to be. And musically I found, and I knew what we'd do, but it was always too long. So you start to cut, you get the compositions, you go with the musical sound director. Oh, well, let's cut down, cut down, cut down. And all of a sudden we had, the idea was to take from the last five shows that were here at the Lido. So including Ali Lido, Cocorico, uh, Panache, Bravissimo, C'est Magique, Bonheur, and well, then we arrive at Paris Merveille. So we, we kind of done that. Yeah. Um, trying to also look back because I have, I was in half of those shows, remember, trying to remember, okay, what was the iconic song there? But that's too similar to a finale prologue there. So we can't put every number kind of like a prologue or a big finale. And we found in the end that we had like a piece of music all joined together there, cut down and edited. And it was about 13, 14 minutes, I think. Um, and you think, okay, that's great. And then you look at your costume artist and you think, oh yeah, I can put this there. But, oh, but we have nothing from there. But you know, you go and you look at all the costume artists and you go to the warehouse. Yeah, we have that, we have that, we have that. Always, always sounding great and moving quite quickly and tried to cast the team, but we had a team that were on holiday, on day off. No one was going to be there at the same time. And no matter whether your show is one hour long or is 15 minutes long, we then quickly realized that, okay, you've cut and edited your music so much. How are people going to get changed in that time? <laughs> <laughs> and those are big. So, okay, uh, 59 seconds for that number, one minute 32 for that number. Can they do that? So I just did it, but I got my quick people changed very quickly and said, okay, we have 59 seconds. Can we do this? Yes, we can do it. <laughs> so the, every year it all went so quickly and we managed to, to create the Inoubliable, Jubilee Inoubliable. And people were joyous. Yeah. The cast were just like, wow, we're going to do this. I've interviewed some were telling me it is such an amazing thing to put those on. They had no idea how heavy. Yeah. And actually, I think it was Alexander was like, to wear that go oh you guys were dealing with much more yeah. like yeah. so I, I everybody i've talked to has been so grateful that they expressed that like what a joy it was to wear those yeah. costumes yeah. every it, question was a video did you have a video of all the choreography uh well do my, you guys my my uh yeah we, we do have a, a large majority but we don't go back to having uh, really a lot of alelido and cocorico it's very limited and um, so, but I had in my time as a dancer and a captain worked with Pierre when we've gone on tour and things like that, where you knew where to look for and things that had been so strong numbers that we'd done. So when I could find really the iconic pieces of choreography, you take them, but then, you know, at the same time, I think it's 10 numbers in, in Ublia, but 10 yeah. or 12. Oh, wow. But you only had a certain amount of time to get the cast on the stage to do the uh, the iconic part of the number to exit and to change it all around. So yeah, I tried to bring as much as I could from the archives, whether it be choreographically, musically, costume-wise. And we were very lucky then to be able to go to 16 minutes because we had to find a way to start the Inubliab and explain it and to finish it and close it. And of course, our artistic director is still Mr. Franco Dragon. And um, Franco allowed us to do this. So 
when his team came and I worked with some of his, many of his team throughout many years, the last seven years, they came and they said, wow, it's done. And I said, yeah, it's done. But they did very quickly overnight in the, next, in the 48 hours they were here, help us with the video sections, which we saw, which were just fantastic, along, with our, inter along yeah. with our internal team. So it just happened. It was so, so quick. We were on the last dress rehearsal and bing, we closed. It was COVID. <laughs> So we never did it. Yeah, so I got, I got to rehearse the part yeah. on stage and then eventually oh, COVID yeah. happened, changed the job. Yeah, so so I got okay. to, but I was yeah. super excited to yeah. be the assistant to re put that on stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was not so frustrated not to have the chance to perform it in front of yeah. an audience. But yeah, the, yeah. the chance to work on it and organize it and, and yeah. just to, yeah. Because after we, um, we closed. Yeah. So then throughout the whole COVID. Oh, so are we going to do this now? Because we're still in our 75th anniversary year. Yeah. So, um, yes, the direction did want that to happen. So that was wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful music kind of worked with the show planning we had and the, our availability of attractions and everything. And we put that back in. Yeah. We, we continued to do the project which we had, which was great. It was a lovely feeling. And, you know, um, the artists just loved it first of all for them a lot of them have the knowledge of the past and they see the old programs with this luxurious feathers jewelry broderie um but they've never worn those costumes so when you've never had a hat on your head that is three kilos and a backpack <laughs> on your back which is two kilos or three kilos and no you put the hat on, you tighten it as tight as it goes, and oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely different way of working yeah. with the backpacks, how to align your body, how to yeah. move, how to move backstage. You know, it was like chaos was gonna happen. Yeah. Everybody thought, oh, I'm just gonna put it all on yeah. and it's gonna work. You don't realize that you need to put like fishnets and combs in your oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And at the backstage, I remember the dressers saying to me, This is just crazy, Jane. One minute for a change. How on earth do you think we're gonna be able to do this? I said. We don't have a choice. We're going to do it. <laughs> we did it before. Always, we do it again. Yeah. There's always a solution. Organization. Oh, yeah. So Jeremy came when we came back, and I think that was an exciting point for the company because they were so excited to go back in time and go back to to make this really this celebration of the the, the 75 years of the Leo, even though we didn't go back the whole 75 years. Um, the cast were just overwhelmed by it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when it went out on the first openings at the beginning of September, October now, this the audience loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many of them know by. also the history of the read on. Some just love it because it's so yeah. I have a question for you because you were doing the book about the same time. Yeah. So you're looking back at all this history and you see faces that go with like I know Karina's. I'm so excited to see faces I recognize. So you were doing two projects. Yeah, of moving the Lido forward and going backwards, How, mm -hmm. like because you have, you're one of those amazing, well, you too that can hold both. Because I think people either want to move things forward or like stay in the past, I like you it, or balance. It all made sense because at the end of the day, yes, there's always a show at the Lido, whether it's Paris Merveille, C'est Magique, or Bono, whatever. But Lido is still the Lido, and the book was about it. That that was about this whole concept of Lido being one cabaret maison that is like still the same DNA, whether it's from 1946 or today. And we need to, the, 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 the names of the creator and the dancers are 
might not be the same, but the spirit is the same. And it feels like this is the same thing that's happening right now at the Lido on stage. We have this new Paris Merveille, very modern, modern show, but with the same, like into it, we have this kind of vintage part, but it doesn't feel vintage because the dancers are very much there. And, and, and you know, like Twenties and thirties, and yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and the costumes are still looking fabulous. The music are amazing. The lights and all. It, yeah, it the, feels the, like the orchestrations yeah. are just yeah. the best. Yeah. And, and, and the contrast is not that harsh. It's very nicely linked to the rest of the show. And I think that's that's yeah, that's a really good representation of what the Lido is today. It's the, the mix of what is true to ourselves. So that's a big plume and feathers and like the the, the, the nice costumes and all, but also. We are a place of creation, always of avant-garde, and that's also part of our DNA. So yeah. I remember being a little bit apprehensive of how was the public going to Paris Merveille or the new uh, modernity or everything that was so modern in it and everything, and then we've just kind of slotted in. But um, I remember we had one evening uh, some video um, television team came in and they were filming with us. And I overheard the gentleman talking and he just said, gosh, this contrast is just fantastic. I was I kept listening because it kind of made me go, wow, okay, so it, it's really being accepted in the right way there. So and it's continued and we're still yeah. we're still doing it in Vliab for the moment, which is nice. Uh, yeah company love it, the, the, the clients love it, the client satisfaction is an extremely important part for us too. Um, the company love it, we like it. We love it. Well, yeah. it's fun for you, something new to get to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, for the moment, that's, that's what we're doing at the moment. And I'm sure things will change in time, you yeah. know, because we always have to find the, some, the new factor point to, for the sales, for the marketing and everything. But what with the Inubliab for the 75 years, the wonderful book that Jeremy worked upon with Sylvie here and with the company, um, Flammarion. I mean, it's just a wonderful book. It's just, you read it and it's, wow. <laughs> so we want to, I know you have things to do, but I, I wanted to thank you for this, but I also, that backstage tour that, People like, how'd you do that? I go, they offer that. And I go, you you don't know how lucky. And I was I took Hannah and a couple other dance, like, you don't know that how amazing this is. I think they do, but it's still like to get to go back from living that life and also like what could this be to see the workings of it and the the, the story. And I did love when we talked to you about like keeping the cast in this place that they are humans that you want to see thrive. I love that. And people comment on that, like, oh, that makes me so happy that this is the management. So well, it's so it's extremely important. Um, you know, uh, the company is a little bit smaller now, but you know, uh, when we're on a seven day and we're up to like 80 artists with long-term contracts, short-term contracts and everything, you know, there's a lot of change over everything. And I think coming to this period that we've, we've all had to go through worldwide, I think there's been cuts everywhere in every job, company and entreprise. Um, we've all, we were always solid together here yeah. at the leader. Yeah. Um, there's this constant like family spirit that would that never left any any no. of us it's some people there. are closer yeah. into yeah. it some people are but it, there is a, a yeah. circle and you're involved in that circle and it's so important to keep that going because if not you, you're not going to have the, the result at the end of the day and the result really at the end of the day is that 
through with people's happiness and everything is the excellence of the show. But underneath that, you have to have all the factor points that and all the channels so that everybody can accomplish that. You know, that there's a really an extreme importance to it uh, that um, in all departments and all services, because if not, it doesn't function. Yeah. And we strive to keep it as it is as it was and as it is. Yeah. That part both of you I like the the way the book is, the way Bluebells has been, it's it's the both and and that's where it, it stays a community. I want to ask, I'll put you on the spot for one more question because you did that. Tell me about yourself. What would there's bluebells listening, they're all the generations. Is there anything you would like to say to the bluebells that listen to this podcast of like what this means to you and what Miss Bluebell means and this family that is still connected all over the world? I'd like to say um from well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I, and I said, I said that to you yesterday, Sherry, I thank you very much for having put the podcast in place. I think it's just gone so large and hearing a few interviews and then more and more and more and going back in the time and the years and hearing all the ex-Bluebell and Kelly boys, I thank you first of all for doing that oh. because I think it's brought many people together Um. I thank all of the people who participated in all of the podcasts because I think it's a, such a, a warming, heartwarming story for all for everybody to hear um, all your stories, your anecdotes, and uh, your experiences, whether you were in Vegas, Scala, or wherever you were, and all those wonderful stories about Bluebell. And I can only hope that Bluebell would be very proud of every single one of the girls and the artists and the Bluebells mm -hmm. and the, mm -hmm. the Kelly boys now. Um, yeah, many things have changed at Benito, but I think she would be proud of, um, I'm very proud to, to know that we're trying to do what she was so yeah. fabulous mm -hmm. at in her job. And I thank you for having put the podcast in place and everybody who participated because it's been such a, an, a learning experience for so many to listen and absorb all those informations and uh, yeah so thank you Sherry and thank you everybody on the podcast and I know you're going to say something on that Jeremy <laughs> sure well, it's going to sound a lot like what you just said but yeah I'd like to really thank every every former Bluebells or Kelly boys because every single one of you whether you did the podcast or not really paved the way for for Jane for me for the, the present cast and for future Bluebell and Little Boys and I think we all, you all have your own story uh, whether it's in Vegas, in Reno in Tours or in Paris or yeah, I think you all contribute to something that is bigger than us and something that means a lot and maybe it's not known enough in the world, it's not like mainstream enough because I think it is really the, the elite of the cabaret and of the showgirl because Bluebell really invented something, she invented a style, she invented what a showgirl should be, what a showboy should look like and how they should walk and also with her spirit and the way she she was and she walked, she, she have put like the ground for us to build something and to keep this legacy is going on and and i hope as well that she's proud and even yeah things change and the show 
uh, get in a certain way. And obviously that comes with generations because nowadays music are different and, and fashion is different and the way we dance is different. But I'm, 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 I think... Uh, we strive to, yeah. we, even throughout certain changes, definitely with Karim to to always try and keep the DNA that was there. What is actually a Bluebell and a Kelly Boy? And we have kept that. Yeah, they yeah. changed the, modern, the modernness of certain things, changed the hair, changed the feathers, we changed the costumes. But we're still Bluebell girls and Kelly Boys. Yeah. And um, what Blue, Bluebell paved, and then what Pierre paved as well, and what we're now trying to continue as well there. It's very different, it's a different era. You know, it's we're 2020 now. Uh, and um, we can only hope, and uh, I hope uh, you will all come back and visit us at any time. Don't hesitate to, yeah. to let us do. know online. And, um, it's always a real pleasure when somebody writes to us and said, oh, I was in the show in whenever, in 1960s, 1970s, or whatever. And it's a pleasure to always meet every single And share person, stories. Share, share mm -hmm. stories and... Uh, and open the doors because the leader wants a bluebell, as you know. Always a bluebell, always a bluebell. Yeah. Till the next reunion. But I think that there's people that are knowing now with this tribute that might be like, now that it feels safer yeah. to travel. Yeah. Maybe we just come in a big herd without a reunion. We'll just all take over the audience <laughs> yeah, exactly. again. Because it was so fun to experience it with other bluebells instead of by myself, which was wonderful. Yeah, because, well, the, the, the atmosphere on that night was very electric oh, and, and electric, joyful. Vibrant. Yeah. It was vibrant and it made a little buzz. And that's where you could really feel that there is this community that is going through generation and generation because there was all ages. And, and some of the dancers that did Bonheur, the, the show before, didn't come, but hopefully yeah. they will yeah, eventually well come to those re yeah. reunions because I think in those years, that we all shared on stage are so important when you stop dancing. And I realized that now because I'm not on stage anymore, but I cherish and I'm so glad I spent my 20s doing that every night. And yes, that sometimes it was tough. You, the, the second show was not always easy because you get tired, you yeah. have like pain in the back, whatever. But the goal to achieve a good performance every night for 12 performances a week is the best achievement in the life of the dancer. And also to participate to something special, to be aware that you are part of some sort of legacy that is very special and very unique. So, yeah. Yeah, I, think. I was going to say amen, but I don't, that's not the right saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't know how to no you're going into another show now. So uh... I'm back again, everybody. I went once, it wasn't enough, and I would be here every night because I know I'm going to see it different. And last, I left last night. It's okay, I'm coming back tonight. <laughs> I get to see it again. And and I, I do have to say, you, you were the last client in the in the restaurant. We, we got to leave. Yeah, we knew. We noticed. <laughs> Holding on to the pillars. No, so we were doing a little interview of recap, like what it was like for the audition yeah. and what it was like to see. The show because you audition and you think and then you see the show and go that's what that is so it was really good to hear it there yeah thank you i'm gonna go down there and i'm gonna, i will be loud so you know we <laughs> you were all loud be. last night <laughs> yeah. well, well, I don't know if thank you again oh, for everything gosh. you've done with the podcast thank you it's an absolute pleasure